It is Monday. What is the date today? The 10th of February, 2020. And it is time for morning combat. It's been time for morning combat. I'm so mad right now. So I don't angry. understand what your terrible argument is, but apparently Eminem's rap catalog is like two attractive women in their 40s. Whatever. Neither here nor there. Welcome, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas, host of this program, alongside my co-host and trusty steed, Brian Campbell from CBS Sports, among a variety of other places as well. We uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Before we get to anything else, of course, please give the video a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. We also appreciate that when you do. We're really trying to drive those numbers up. So tell a friend. Yes. I always tell folks to tell people about please it. Please do. Look, MK Ultra is like nothing else going on in the combat world. Look, we tell the truth, all right? Mm. And on Mondays at noon, work sucks. I know. This is, this is the remedy right there, okay? And also, there's no, there's no marketing in this world like WOM, word of mouth. That's the number one form of marketing. So that's tell, how you could pass a lot of STDs that way too. It's you know, like, dual threat. Yes, dual yes, threat. Yes. All right, we got a lot to get to. Uh, did you enjoy two forty seven? By the way, uh, no. Well, okay, no, 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 no. That that's okay. a little unfair. Uh, on paper, it was horrible, and I saw some dunks in our comments trying to defend it. By the way, uh, there's certainly surprises. People that jumped out, a couple of decent good fights overall, though. The controversy that came out of the Jones-Reyes fight and the spin-off debates that fuel shows like this and your radio show all week, I'm sure, yeah. it, it was entertaining. It created a storyline. Had John won a lifeless decision or sort of easily destroyed Reyes, I think we would have exited that card going, man, they got, they got to do a little bit more for us. Let's kick it off. We'll go to you first in here. All right, folks. John Jones. Controversially, but John Jones retains his UFC light heavyweight title. He wins a unanimous decision in Houston, Texas. The scores were 48-47, 48-47, 49-46. That means two judges had it three rounds to two for John Jones. One judge had it four rounds to one. All right, Brian Campbell. Yes. Let's get into this. I talked a lot about this on the weekend on YouTube on my personal platforms, so I would love to hear from you. First question is this. One, how did you score it? Two, is it a robbery? 48-47 uh, was my scorecard for Dom Reyes. Was it which, a which rounds? Rounds one, two, and three. Okay. Four and five for John. I agreed with what you said and dissected. Spoiler alert: Professor Salt and Pepper was there saying, "Look, one, four, and five can't argue them. They're clear. Two and three are sort of the closer competitive rounds. Robbery is always such a tough word in this spot. Was this a robbery? No, a robbery. In, it, it sort of teases the idea of corruption mixed with ignorance, right? I think this is just a little bit more of ignorance. Um, boxing fans were uniting Saturday night going, oh, now, welcome. Welcome to the Terror Dome. It's called Texas, right? Texas forever. I mean, what, what clean heart, the, full eyes, the, uh, can't uh, lose. You, Actually, you can lose because Dom Reyes didn't. He should have won that fight. What was the Paulie Malinacci fight where he went crazy on the against Texas? The first one against, um, against Juan Diaz. And, uh, you know, boxing is full of shit, man. I used to love this sport. Great quote by, by Paulie, by the way. Look, here's the deal. We're already stuck in a world in MMA, in UFC, at the highest level where we are using an archaic boxing scoring system. State by state, the commissions changed the rules on so many things anyway, as you saw Saturday night with Texas using an archaic rule set. But the fact that they still haven't figured out at the highest level. We see decisions like this in boxing all the time, whether it's straight-up corruptness or whether it's just we're going to – it's 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 just – a combination of it all. Usually in MMA at the highest level, they get it right. I think this was just not ready for primetime judges in a state that isn't 
you know, always in the top loop in terms of getting the top fights. Yeah, you'll see pay-per-views in Dallas every once in a while. But I think you just saw people who didn't necessarily fully grasp what they were watching. Now, I don't want to sound like an angry, stupid hypocrite here. It was a close fight in the end. John made a huge rally. And if you had it three rounds to two for John Jones, you're not like, let's kick you out the door here, right. okay? You could have preferred certain things. But I went back and rewatched rounds two and three multiple times, as I'm sure you did, and came away with the same thing. I don't see how you give John Jones a second round. I really don't. I we agree. are We are scoring damage at the end of the day. Reyes came forward for most of that round. He did much more activity. It just seemed like that was a pretty clear round. It wasn't one-sided, but it was clear. Right. Round three is, is the problem round. But even within that, Luke, it's like... Are we just going to score for Jones because he looked bad in the first two and because he came forward in the third? He wasn't landing damaging shots. I thought that in a very tactical round, which round three was, Reyes was doing the better work. He was smartly mixing in body shots. At every turn, he was filling in gaps with activity. I just think in the end, you could have it both ways, but you got to sit there and say, what do you prefer more? And if you're, if you're giving round three to John Jones, you're only giving it to it on the idea that he pushed the fight forward. But it's the same thing as giving it to somebody who gets takedowns but does nothing with it. I think we're advanced past that point where you're not just scoring activity anymore or intention. You've got to score damage and, and, and things that actually happen. So I think this was scored under the wrong precepts. I think it was scored under, uh, you know, old boxing judge transferring over to MMA, which is sort of the long-held thing that people criticize whenever there is a bad decision. I know we can't have UFC-controlled judges. There's an impropriety factor there. It's also right? illegal. It's illegal. You get it. But... We need something different than the boxing state commission of each state pretending even 25 years into the sport that they really know what they're doing with MMA. Yet MMA is still jungled under the state of boxing commissions for every state. It's not like they have a separate MMA team, right? It's just sort of just thrown together. I could hear an argument on changing the scoring system. That'd be fine. But even under this scoring system, can we just get... MMA experienced people? Can we get ex-fighters? Can we well, get... The thing is... So that's why even though when you say... I would rather have UFC oversee this. You can't because they're the promoter and you don't want any sort of fear that they're paying or manipulating it, whatever. But I would rather have an MMA organization be able to hire, fire, demote, promote people that are actually doing their job based on performance. Right. Because fight to fight, I mean, it happens on the undercards all the time in UFC. We don't make a big deal of it, but we are just seeing scorecards like four to one for John Jones that make zero sense. This is a complicated one. I know folks think it's not. And folks are like, oh, what's the point in bitching about it? Nothing will change. I never understand that attitude. It's like, are you the kind of person that when the waiter gets your food totally wrong, you just end up, it's like you ordered steak and they bring jello. You're like, yeah, hey, I'll eat the jello. That's, that's fine. I have no problem. Who are you? Who are these people? Yes, you should say something if something is wrong. I don't understand our attitude at all. Now, how did I score it? I got rounds one, two, and three for Reyes, four and five for John. Like you, I can squint and sort of see how somebody could come up with a third round for John. So in that sense, is it a robbery? No, it is not. Do you know who John Jones is starting to become? The boxing or the MMA equivalent of and from, from boxing? He's like MMA's Canelo, where every time it goes to the scorecards, you think, man, I think this challenger finally got him. And it never, ever happens. They just, the judges just seem to keep finding a way. So stop, pause at that point right okay. there. Because I want to I dig psychologically deeper into this. Is it just that people come in with a preconceived notion? Now, you can't trust anybody on Twitter because they're probably drinking, don't know how to score a fight, have money on a certain person, so whenever they're giving you a hate for how the, you score it. fans. I mean, I get yeah. people that are like, how the hell did you give one and two to Reyes? I'm like... Like, okay, delete, really. Yeah. But just for people that actually do know what they're doing, judges that are paid to do it, is it just that they're thinking so much in their mind, Jones is probably going to win this fight and he's probably going to end up winning dominantly because he's the greatest of all time. And then when round one slaps them in the face and they're like, oh my God, John got hurt, backed up, thrown off his game plan, basically dominated in round one, right? A shocker. 
Round two was a little bit closer, but Reyes scored the damage. So I guess you got to kind of give it to him, even though two of the three judges gave that to John as well. Right. Or is it just by default that when John closes the gap, that you know subconsciously it's all well? That's a John round because we thought he was going to win. He started off bad, but look at this comeback. I just there's no sort of. Well, people... let, me, let me ask you this: Canelo has a reputation in boxing for being the guy where, for example, this has happened many times. But let's use the first Triple G fight as an example. You went into the scorecards, you think, dude, that, that guy might have just beaten Canelo. Like, this, is, this is a big deal, and then it just sort of doesn't work out that way. Why do you think in boxing, Canelo just seems, to, again, Mayweather fight notwithstanding, but even in the Mayweather fight, he, he got a draw, he got a draw which card. is totally um, un unjustified. Boxing's got a history. Why did Julio Cesar Chavez get a draw against Pernell Whitaker, right? Like, there, there's no, a, but there's Canelo a, has this repeated pattern of this Boxing has, a much, has, a, has one of its feet much more dipped into the pool of corruption. It's obvious, right? The, the, the house fighter in so many cases ends up getting the benefit of the doubt all the time. So it's John, not just the so idea why, of... why can't John Jones be the house fighter? Well, here? that's the thing. We never have that consistently in MMA. I mean, why do the titles change hands so, so briskly, so quickly? Because it's largely a fairly contested contest, the way things are set okay, up. but he's been the champion now, for forever, For Canelo specific, there are some blatant Canelo fights where you're just like, I can't even see how the scoring got there. But... One thing Canelo does really well is he's economical in his counterpunching, and he lands hard, telling blows. Right. And there are a certain subset of judges in boxing who are just always going to recognize damage above everything else. I think in MMA, that's more likely to happen. More often in MMA, do the judges, and they should, recognize damage as a higher form of currency than ring generalship and controlling and making a guy sort of, you know, fight your fight, right? I don't get how the judges missed this. So I'm asking, so is I it I have, I have a theory Is this. it reactionary, though, to he looked better that round, he's the champion, oh, we got to give it to him. I think that's what it's got to be. I think that's part of it. That's one part. We'll get to another part with the rule set here in just a second. Here's the second part, just about the nuts and bolts of the fight in particular. I thought that Dominic Reyes had a great game plan. You, you saw it when I did it in Dissected. I encourage everyone to, to watch. John Jones is very hard to land on in his face. It's, it's, not, it's not easy to land a hook, an uppercut, a straight. He slips, he covers, he gets out of the way, he posts a hand on the shoulder to slip or to, to, to just post away yeah. like a Heisman. So what Dom Reyes did, a lot of his shots, particularly in that third round, Brian, he went to the body a lot, a lot of body shots, a lot of body shots, a lot of shots to the leg. And numerically, he outstruck. But the thing about it was, John, there was a couple body shots where you could see him go like this and back up. And he gets kicked in the leg, but he combines the fact that he's hard to hurt in the face, or that he's really telling blows, with the fact that he's got a good poker face. When the fight's over, his cornermen have to carry him out because he can't even stand on his own two feet. But in the rounds, he's getting kicked in the leg, and he kind of acts like nothing's ever happening. He's very gifted in that particular regard. I think the judges get confused by all of that. Now, in terms of um, the fight itself, again, I had it 3-2 to two for, for, for Reyes. I can understand how it could go the other way. To me, the bigger consideration here, and this is the second part of this question, which is, should the UFC go back to Texas? And here's my view on this. I understand there's a business consideration involved. One of the Fertitas, I believe, owns that arena, right? The uh, Lorenzo Toyota brother Center. or cousin, I can't remember which one it is. The Toyota Center in Houston. Nice venue, by the way. Um, they use an outdated rule system that values forward pressure. Go back and you watch Dissected, which you'll and just see for yourself. It is clear, it is clear that Dom Reyes built into his game plan backing up and using lateral movement to draw John into him to then crack him. And it worked to pretty good effect a number of different times. Here's my point. You asked how you can get a 4-1 to one scorecard. We are so used to watching modern fighters with modern games. Under modern considerations, it's just not possible to find four rounds for him. Three, I can squint and understand it, not four. 
However, if under the old rule set where you really have you are required to value forward pressure, I can honestly see how in rounds two and three, you can say, well, one guy had more damage than the other, but it wasn't by a huge amount, and the other guy was marching him down the whole time. I got to take that into consideration. This is my key point. If the UFC has to go back to Texas for business considerations, I get it. They cannot take a title fight there again. It is not fair. And this is the key to understanding all of that, Brian. It's not that the modern rules have a different view of forward pressure. The modern rules, the key insight is, let's develop a system so that you, Brian Campbell, the fighter, me, Luke Thomas, the fighter, we can develop our own style and the new scoring criteria will accommodate it if it's effective with damage and grappling and the things that really matter. With the old style, it forces fighters to change the way they fight. You now have to accommodate the forward pressure rule unless you knock a guy out. Otherwise, you are fighting not merely your opponent, you are fighting the criteria. They cannot go back to Texas with a title fight until they change. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that at all, but I think it even goes deeper. Anyone with a boxing background realizes the history of corruption in boxing in Texas, the constant employment of judges and referees who have a long bad, dark history of screwing up badly, yet some are related to certain commission members. I mean, it's a it's a mess in Texas. It's a running joke. I hope that wasn't the case in this part. I hope it it smells like what it looks like, which is just sort of uh, ineptness in the end. Well, here's the thing. Maybe I'll, not I'll, knowing the full the uh, full concept and maybe playing into what you're saying on, the, you, on outdated you. rules, and that's fine. Let but. me ask you, let me ask you. The guy who gave it four rounds to one for John, which again, under the Texas rule system, I can see it, to be honest with you. I don't agree with it, but I can see it. Hold on, let me, let me ask you. How can you see it, though? Again, not, un, not under the modern Round system. three, yes, but two. Dude, honestly. Reyes came can, forward in two and visibly you. hurt John twice. I visibly hear, made a backup. Dude, John hasn't back up and run from an altercation since that street corner in Albuquerque that time with the pregnant <laughs> lady. I mean, they, look at his oh, career. God. It's insane. I hear you. I'm, I'm in agreement with you, but I can sort of see it. Or see it. But here's the point I want to ask you about, because honestly, people ask me, I didn't know what to say. The judge, Judge Solis, I forget his first name, you'll have to forgive me, who scored that four rounds to one for John, he also gave it 30-27 to Andre Ewell, which I cannot grasp. And here's the real kicker. In the fight between James Krause and Trevin Giles, when Krause had Giles' back for nearly four minutes and had multiple choke attempts, a couple of them were pretty tight, he gave that round to Trevin Giles. Yeah, it could have been a 10-8 for Krause. Okay, ready for this? That guy is a black belt in jiu-jitsu and has his own MMA school. Square that one for me, because I cannot <laughs> comprehend that even a little bit. I mean, there's, there's, the there's, there's no hints of corruption in there. It's just ineptness, which takes me back, even with somebody with an MMA background, which sort of fits the criteria of I'm saying, why are we having old boxing guys do it? Uh, there, there's no accountability at the state commission level. We see it so many times in big Vegas boxing matches, and, and reporters will go up and call out the Bob Bennett's and say, why is this person still employed? And there's a lot of BS answers. Uh, boxing has... Look, MMA, I always say this, UFC built what it is today on the idea of boxing fans who were sore about what the sport has become, creating this new sport and saying we're going to be completely different and we're not going to do any of those things that get people angry. Well, the closer 
modern UFC gets to boxing, the more it pisses people off. I think we're starting to see a point that you got to cut it right down the middle right now and create some new system of how you get your judges and, 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 and your and your referees and and how they are held accountable. Because yeah, but what is that? These it's a volunteer <laughs> army. How do you recruit people to come and train up so they can give away their Friday and Saturday nights for very little money? People keep talking about we got to do this, we got to do that. Okay, by what mechanism? By what mechanism do we actually address this problem? Unless the UFC gives money to state commissions for this or some other entity, I don't know how. People are like, oh, we need an MMA-specific commission. Dude, most states, like not named tech, not excuse me, not named Nevada, not named California, not named New Jersey, they are they don't have a state budget to pay for anybody else. They can barely send enough regulators to various parts of the states, like in Virginia, for example. You know, if you got a fight that's in Roanoke, fuck, man, that's like that's not easy to staff for your Virginia you know, uh, Department of Licensing Regulation, whatever it's called. So I keep seeing people like proffer these challenges to it, but they're not realistic. They're just, we are, this was, I keep saying this to people and they kind of dismissed it and dismissed it and dismissed it, which is the big benefit of the UFC running towards regulation is it saved the sport. Good, it is secure, it has a foundation that they cannot take away from it, at least not very easily. The problem is they gave a brand new uh, fetus essentially, to these state commissions. And now it has grown into an adult, and they don't know how to accommodate for all these new changes, new realities, because they're government bureaucracies. They don't make changes very fast, well, and they don't make them uniformly. Money seems to fix any problem, even in fight sports. So uh, I don't know, do we, do we raise the salary for judges so we get, we get people going Who's after Who's we, that? dude? Who's we? At some point, the UFC doesn't want this. UFC does not want this image in which you pay the money to, for pay-per-view and you watch a fight like you did. And by the way, we just skipped over the fact that Jones Reyes was an incredible was fight. A great fight. I mean, it was That's one of the better fight. title fights we'd seen in a long time. You don't want to know that your eyes saw one thing and then you see the exact opposite with the decision. And again, I'm not, it's not lost on me that the fight was close, again. But that's, that's a boxing thing. That's always about, you want to get away from that. So is it an investment the UFC has to make with more money to get better training and deeper? Maybe that's the key in the end, Luke. I don't know. But I do want to say one thing. This felt and looked a lot like Johnny Hendricks, George St. Pierre. Yes, I did. left that fight going, man, they screwed him. No, uh, no they GS, didn't screw GSP him. took way more damage in that fight. I mean, he was really messed up in that post fight presser. Remember that? Yeah. The famous photo that Esther Lynn has with the ice pack here and his and whole face. And hearing him talk, he was very much not, not with it on there. But I had that same feeling of remorse for the fighter knowing. And look, it wasn't a robbery again, but they did Dom Reyes dirty in the end. There can be a difference between there. It's not that there would have been a consolation had one judge scored it 3-2 uh, for Reyes, right? Would I feel better sitting here right now? Maybe. He doesn't win anything more in that case. But he deserved at least one judge going, well, hold on, like, 3-2 Reyes. The fact right. that it wasn't is where you get the extra level layers of outcry because then you can go, see, he never had a chance. See? Right. And I just want to say one other thing for people that still don't understand the idea of round-by-round round scoring in either boxing or MMA because I see a lot of this online. Well, he didn't actually beat the champ, right? He didn't actually go out there and whatever mixed with, well, how do you win a fight? How do you win a championship when you're running out of gas the last two rounds? Uh, please, people, wake up again. Please, it's round by round. It's five individual fights within one fight. Can we get that? Nobody waits till the end and goes, oh, John had a better gas tank in the end. He was coming on late. It doesn't matter. And it, also, it, people don't understand this. When the, when the round is over, so round one ends, they have to turn in their scorecard, and that's it. They don't get to go back and change it. I can't deal with any more but here's of those the, Here's through. the other part. With the system crashing early on, remember that? They were like, we have to add all this up. And then if you saw the scorecards for the main event, the first two rounds were all written by hand, and then the other three were written... In or, or uh, printed out on the computer, essentially, 
And it's like, dude, I don't mean to get into this because I don't want to make a political. Is this like the 2000 election? Is this it regular? feels like Gore versus Florida all, or Bush v. Gore, whatever it was, all over again. Or the Iowa Democrats are whoring uh, Bernie Sanders. It's just like, oh my God, Even- can't, you cannot go to a commission that does not have its shit together. And Texas does not, on any circumstance, And I know we can't hold what together. fighters say afterwards, but John's saying, look, you know, I think I won that fight. Look what I did in the wrestling at the end. Well, John... You did the wrestling in the two rounds in which everyone knows you already won and no one's disputing, and you took him down four total times and he got right back up all four times. There's there's not much you can get... There, there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of hefty factor in that in terms of the score. In rounds, he already won, by the way, so it... So now, so now the question becomes, what should be next? We'll talk about whether or not the Champ Champ fights are in play in just a moment. But a fight that is gaining a little bit of momentum is, what about a rematch, in fact? What about an immediate rematch for Dominic Reyes. I wonder what you feel about this. There have been two rematches in John Jones's career. Obviously the Gustafson rematch and the Cormier rematch. In the first Gustafson and Cormier fights, they both go the full five minutes. In the second Gustafson and Cormier fights, he stops both of them inside of three. Now Cormier looked pretty good before he got stopped. It looked like he had made some adaptations too. Gustafson, I don't think, ever really got going, but the common denominator is... He had injuries, is, he had a lot going Right, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff happening, but the common denominator is it does not go well for folks that passed his prologue in terms of that. However, the difference between those two, Brian, and this situation is that there was a lot of time in between the first and second Cormier fight, and especially the first and second Gustafson fight. John has never had an immediate rematch. That would be a very much a first for him. So while he simply does better in rematches that he has had... What do you make of the idea of, A, there being a rematch, and two, if that's the case, knowing what we know about John, do you like Dominic's chances? I felt it weird that this was not really a topic of conversation after the fight, whether it be in the cage or in the post-fight press conference afterwards. And it's not that I'm going to sit here and damn Dom Reyes for being humble and being like, well, it is what it is. But if I'm Dom Reyes in that spot, I'm maybe talking up a little bit more about how the judges got it wrong. Can't you see what I did out there? With that said, though, certainly Dom deserves it. I almost want to press pause and time out and, and, you know, no dong jokes, no over-the-top prove how smart and angry we are. Can we just celebrate what happened on Saturday night? And that's this rare, pure moment in sports where somebody makes the leap right in front of you and goes to a level that you didn't think possible. No, 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 no. We said on this show last week, we knew he was capable of something. There's a difference between saying Dom Reyes is a, is a live dog. And when I say live dog, I think it's possible he could hurt John. It's possible he could have moments in there, Luke. There's a difference in my mind from doing that and saying he can win three rounds. He can make the great John Jones back up. He can cover up, get hurt. I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think his takedown defense after watching the Vulcan Ozdemir fight was possible on that level. Five-round cardio. So I just want to celebrate for a moment. That well, it was the five-round cardio was the part that got him in trouble a little bit. All right, but you're going you're, to... Ray's family is point, watching yes. this. They're like, can we celebrate the guy? No, 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 you're right. I mean, to right. see somebody become something I didn't think they could was fantastic. And that fuels this next argument where I think UFC and John Jones have to get into a room and they have to go, what are we doing with this heavyweight move? Because Luke... John Jones is 32 now. He's not the same guy. I, I'm not going to submit or subscribe to any idea that he's washed or anything like that, but he's certainly not the same mid-20s attacking, youthful guy. He's smarter and, and more efficient, and the younger athletes today are catching up with him to a degree. Dom Reyes has legitimate star championship potential right now, I believe, from this performance. Like, it was an eye-opener. It was a wake-up call. I think UFC has to figure out, do we want to take the chance of wasting that by giving him an immediate rematch knowing that John's future is more likely at heavyweight than not. And with John being 32, when DC moved up to heavyweight, moved back up to heavyweight. I was just sort of like, 
damn, even pushing 40, the speed advantage that he has against those guys is mind is mind altering. I've wanted John to go to heavyweight for so long to, to really start the second chapter of his legacy, put the idea of being a goat way out where it can't be touched. He would age so gracefully, in my opinion, with that gap in speed from light heavyweight to heavyweight and just be able to flourish and shine. If you're UFC, do you want to basically say, hey, John, we'll, 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 we'll think about the Adesanya thing. That'd be a nice time waster, right? But if not, you're going north because we got to find out right now how great Dom Reyes is. Let's go Dom Reyes against Maheta for the interim title, right? Like, let's, let's, let's roll the dice in that direction. I don't think you gain much unless John's future is at 205 and he wants to stay there and he wants to be essentially this Bernard Hopkins start to the end of the career in one, in one division, you know? Right. So, here, so here's the way I look at this. Here's what I don't want to see. I have no interest in John Jones versus the winner of Corey Anderson and Jan Blahovich. Now, maybe the winner of Anthony Smith, Glover Teixeira, if it's Anthony, but if it's Glover, Glover's past 40. I just don't like his chances. I will say this, though. Uh, if John stays at 205, while the immediate fights other than a Dominic Reyes rematch don't interest me, to me, it was clear on Saturday, you're right, he's not the same guy. What's keeping him like really competitive in these fights is he has unbelievably good defense. And chin. Let's and his that. chin is amazing, but he doesn't get hit that much. You'll go through it undissected or just look at the tape yourself in slow motion. He is so good. A lot of shots you think land, they kind of graze. He's so good at rolling and covering. He's just got unbelievably great defense. And that is so valuable for him because that's going to keep him fresh over the long run, except to the body and to the legs. The key for me is that his offense has deteriorated. Now, now understand what I'm saying. I am not saying it's fallen off a cliff. That's not the When tr- you use the word deterioration, I'm not here to challenge you. I'm yeah. sorry. I want you to explain it more. Is it more that the speed and explosiveness has slowed down, or is it mixed with the mentality of, of not wanting to walk people down and take chances? All of the above. I think he, uh, it's partly, I don't think he has the same wrestling ability that he once did, and or the game has just caught up. Right, because he used to like when John used to want to take someone down, they went flat to their back. That's just not the case anymore. Partly that could be because he's smarter about reserving his energy and going the distance. Part of it could be that people are just better at stopping the takedowns. But here's the fact: it's just not as effective. The only fight that the wrestling was worse for John, I want to say, was the first Gustafson fight where he went one for eleven. This was two for nine. So that's this is like historically one of his worst performances in terms of wrestling. And in terms of the striking, he's a bit of a rhythm guy. He has to kind of get going a little bit. These guys like Dom who can stick and move, they're terrible matchups for him in that particular regard if they can stay within their stamina. Here's my point. Dom wasn't the guy to do it on Saturday, whatever one's opinion. The Barbarians at 205 are at the gate, Brian Campbell. They are at the gate, and they are knocking. And I don't know if it's Corey Anderson. I don't know if it's Jan Blahovich. In fact, I don't think that it is. But sooner or later, if he sticks around there, they're going to have his number because the truth is as good as he has been, maybe the very best we've ever seen. If you fight tough guys long enough, eventually tough guys win. They, that is the thing you just cannot beat, especially as you age and especially as the game. There is, Mike Bond from MMA Junkie told me, there's five hours and 40 minutes of footage on this guy. You can watch all of his development. Shogun may have lost, Rashad may have lost, Leota may have lost, Dominic Reyes may have lost, but each of them helped fill out the blueprint to see where this guy is at. Someone's going to put that all together. Maybe it's Dominic Reyes in the next fight. I wouldn't mind seeing it, but it's going to happen. Now, we got to move along, so let's talk about this. If it's not Dominic Reyes, Brian Campbell, let's make a choice here. We talked about it last week. Is it Israel Adesanya? Is it Stipe Miocic? The question for you is, given how John performed, and again, you can make a very clear case that he won, given how he performed, which one makes more sense for the UFC right now? I don't... 
here's what's there, there's a wild card factor in me answering this, this question. There's a simple okay? answer to this one. There's Brian. not though because John, if you hear him talk over the last year after this comeback from the most recent USADA failure, is about history. And the one th- record he doesn't, now he's, he's closing in. He's three wins away from Cerrone's most wins. He just became the winningest fighter in title fights. He doesn't have the title defense record, though, because of the breakups in his title reign due to, the, uh, due to his things outside the cage. So I almost feel like he would want to linger at 205 and say to himself, well, I could beat Reyes in a rematch. I could beat Corey Anderson. I could beat whatever. I don't want him to linger. I don't think the UFC would want him to linger. I, that's why I think sitting down is a big part because I think the path for Jones is to explore the idea of an Adesanya fight, which would mean Adesanya beating Romero coming up and would mean we, they both want it. We want to go down this road. We can make it big. We can make it fun. If not, though, I think the move is to heavyweight, and I think the move is a non-title heavyweight bout that main events a pay-per-view that does big business because of the intrigue against a former champion with a name, and then you wait out the winner of DC Sleep A3. Mm. I think part of John going public to Ariel in the interview and, and talking so matter-of-fact about I can beat Sleep A tomorrow and I want to, I think it's still a little bit more of this DC thing will never end. You know, what if I can win DC's title and hold it up in front of him type right. of deal. I think that's not as realistic now that John kind of struggled to come away with a decision here. I think that it would be fun to throw him in that pool. It would do so much for the heavyweight division and just rise up the value and, and create fun matchups. So I think the answer to your question is yes. both, but you go, no, through you, gotta the, pick one. you go through the idea of the Adesanya fight first because as we said last week, okay. when John moves up, that window closes unless Israel can prove he can keep rising in weight and, and, and you know be the same guy in each weight class. So here's what I would say. There is one more piece of the puzzle we have to figure out here, which is Romero versus Adesanya. And that presser on Friday was unbelievable. The uh, the promo that they played on Saturday gave me the chills. I, I don't. I, I am insanely yeah, excited about dude, this. Fight. I don't. I'm I, more excited for this <laughs> fight right now. This watch lightning strike me down right now. I am more excited about then, Adesanya then, Romero than even Habib Tony. And no! it doesn't even make sense to say that. But as I'm sitting there watching Blasphemy. them, as I'm sitting there watching them at the press conference on Friday, I'm going. It's the, the perfect fight. The it's violence the in this fight yeah. and the skill level and the fact that both are going to come forward at freaking will to prove something, right? Yeah. Romero finally cashing in and saying, I'm not that lovable bridesmaid loser, weight cutter, you know, you saw the guy. I'm No, I'm the freak of nature that is going to win a title in my early 40s. And Adesanya saying, I got to beat up the toughest guy in this yeah. jail to See prove you to you who I am. Boy. Uh, here's the thing. Adesanya, in terms of the challenge he faces in Romero, it's a big physical challenge, big power puncher, athletic, explosive, all that kind of stuff we all know about Romero. But the thing is, his his control once he gets the takedown has never been good. That's why Robert Whitaker was able to get up. He's not he's not a folk-style Khabib wrist ride guy. But in terms of getting a hold of you and putting you down, he can do it very easily. To me, I want to see how Adesanya answers the physical challenge, both in the striking and the wrestling department there. If he handles it ably, and the fact that he is taking it on when he doesn't have to is just... It, champions, this ain't Gastelum. This could be... By the way, yes or no, because I want to finish my point. Champions seeking out fighters that are boogeymen of the divisions when they don't have to, it does not happen in combat sports. And when it does, um, insert... Come right. on, give me, give me what I need right so now. So here's give what it I will me. say. Maybe you give Reyes the immediate rematch, but what one way or the other, if Adesanya beats Romero and looks like he is capable of answering some of the physical challenges therein, that's the guy to beat John Jones. Because on the feet, Adesanya is going to style on basically anybody in the UFC. Obviously, as we know, John has such a reach. He's got a clever, he's got an amazing fight IQ. And while his wrestling has deteriorated, that's been some, something of a lagging part in Adesanya's game. But if he can shore that up, 
I'm telling then you, why that's is the Adesanya way to go. Adesanya at the press conference when asked about it saying summer of 2021, Raiders Stadium, Las Vegas, we'll do it then. Why do you think he's pushing that off when, again, the idea would be that I know John's, John would be a year older, but he'd also be going, going higher up to heavyweight by then. Yeah, well, he needs the, I think he, he knows he needs the time to work on that. But the, one thing that's been very clear about Adesanya, he just, he just gets good. So fast. So and, it, so and for fast. him to say during the press conference, which is true, like I've done all this in less than two years, two years. in the UFC, it's, 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 it's insane. Crazy. Um, I, I I was in the room when you filmed uh, Dissected. It's a decent show, I'm sure. You know, uh, you can it, say nice things about it. It won't uh, kill you. Uh, but you you were using language on that show. Spoiler alert! That led me to believe that John's performance against Reyes makes you believe in your heart, Luke. That Stylebender has a much better chance than you would have said a week ago. Yes. The only thing that's different is when you look at the way in which Reyes stuffed some of the takedowns. Part of it is that Reyes's takedown defense has improved. We talked about it last week. Bad first order, but good second order defense. And that was true when he got tired in the fourth and the fifth. But in the second and the third, when he was stuffing him, his first order looked pretty good there. Part of that was he was really technical. He got the underhook right when he needed to. The other part was, dude, Dom Reyes is a physical presence. I think people fail to appreciate that a little bit. He's a strong guy. And there's moments there where you can see him and John in kind of these, I wouldn't call it neutral positions, but the kind of position where, like, if we're locked in it, the person who's stronger and wants it more is going to win because we, we, neither has a technical advantage per se. Uh, and, and Reyes won them early. So to me, it was like, whoa, that is interesting. Now, did he, is that something Adesanya can do? Because I had them both at my UFC 244 Series XM pre-fight party. Dom Reyes had 12 yinglings. He's like, I don't get yinglings on the West Coast. <laughs> Yingling way, in the house. Shout out to Jack way, Crosby. Way, yes, shouts, yes, shouts, you. Shouts to uh, Dom Reyes. With, he's a nice guy to begin with. With every beer, he becomes, like, dude, but 12 beers later, he was like Winnie the Pooh nice. He like is me on the show during our drunk. drinking episode, right? Yeah, he did. He was the nicest drunk I'd ever seen. Point being is this. I saw them next to each other. They're about the same height, but Dom is, is clearly a lot thicker, right? So there is that X factor there that makes the whole thing interesting. But on the feet, dude, who, who's, who beats Adesanya on the feet? I don't, I don't think anybody does. Anybody. Let me ask you this, Luke, all okay. right? This date, 2021, who's your light heavyweight champion of the world? The oh, UFC? that is a good... Okay, so February 10, 2021... Boy, that is a good question. That is a great question. I'm going to say question. Dom Reyes. I don't know, you know you exactly so? how it happens, but uh, I don't want to get drunk off one performance. But he just walked in there and beat the GOAT. We saw it with our own damn eyes, Luke, all right? You know, I'll say Adesanya. I'll say Adesanya. How about the that? The light heavyweight champion of the yeah, world? I'll say Adesanya. Wow. Yeah, I'll make that call. If that happens, and I'm referencing a question at that press conference on Friday, yeah. Would he be rivaling Connor in, in, in face of the franchise stardom for the UFC? Wow. You be, the first person, to, let's say, um, here's the thing about beating John. You beat him by decision, it's momentous, it's huge. No one has ever done that. But the first person to, like, stop him, unless he's completely over the hill, like, let's say it's in relatively recent time or, or you know, in another year or two, before, before 35. That's a big deal. Wow. That's a really big How, deal. Uh, can we just, I'm just so freaking fired up about this calendar year for the UFC, what we have yeah. coming on. It's not just Romero, Adesanya, Tony, and Habib, finally, and Ortega uh, rumors with uh, Zabit. Like, I mean, there's yeah. just... there, And then you begin the idea of Connor coming back in the summer, that Raiders way, stadium sh- in Vegas just waiting to be inhabited by a monster by the fight. Way, shouts to Ortega. Did you see him on the broadcast? He had written happy birthday to my sister on his phone. Your sister? No, no, no. Like, happy birthday to my sister. Oh, all on there. right. All Although, right. you know, probably it was to my sister as well. No wow. One, okay. No one how Brian Happy Ortega. birthday, Hallie. Yeah, it would have been great. Uh, yeah. pretty, I thought it was a nice little touch, uh, Brian Ortega. That's a very sensitive young man. Um, okay. Now, there was another fight on this card we have to talk about. 
which is the co-main event. Valentina Shevchenko retains her flyweight title in what can only be described as a complete demolition of Caitlin Chukagian. The question, Brian Campbell, is what on earth does the UFC do about her? Because here's the good news. The good news is she's trilingual. She can speak Russian, English. She did a uh, whole interview I saw. I went to the UFC's um, Espanol YouTube channel. She did a whole backstage interview, perfectly in Spanish. Um, she can dance. She has a gun tattooed on her hip. She's, she's, a com- she's sneaky hot. She's a com- well, that's what you say. She's a competitive shooter. And she is, at flyweight, I think we both agree, she's untouchable. There is just no one who can beat her. That beating she put, like, we knew she was going to win. But there's a part of me that's like, well, Chukagian's a good mover. Maybe she'll survive or something. But no, the traps that, that Valentina was, was shedding. She's... And people never talk about it. How about her takedowns? They're physical. She lands immediately past the guard. And that crucifix, dude, it was like, I said this on Twitter that night. It was like if Matt Hughes in his prime had elite kickboxing. Matt Hughes used to like take guys down, pass guard, get to crucifix, and just bang them out. And it was like this hard to, to kind of watch scenario. Well, she's doing that except on the feet. She's lights I mean, out. Her physical strength compared to these 125ers, They're not compared the to Bantamweight, is just, it's not the same. As great as she is, and Luke, she's flawless. She is a, a almost a perfect fighter in her absolute physical and mental prime and all that background in Muay Thai and everything and coming okay, together. But the question is, what do they do but with her? As do do great her? as she is, the division underneath her is equally as bad in the other direction, okay? And I don't, I don't want to say that they're bad fighters, but they're a pool of average fighters that are very reminiscent to when Ronda was beating... A, Alexa Davis, Ronda was beating Sarah McMahon, and shout out to all of them. They all had, you know, qualities that made them good. But in the end, they're average title contenders, and that's the only people left at 125. Hearing Dana talk after the fight, I don't think he's that into Shevchenko Nunes three right now or right away or anytime soon. And obviously, that's the fight, the defining fight of her career. I mean, if she if she beat Nunes and did it. Somewhat convincingly, you could you can make go arguments by that point, right? right? You should be a two division champion. I mean, it'd be insane. Here's what I think they should do. Okay, almost make her into a Rousey in a way. How do you do that? Keep her incredibly busy, and then just basically have a talk with her and say, we can't have any more of these Liz Carmouche fights. We can't have five round stinkers. Go out there and finish these people. If she can stay active, be fighting every three months, and just go down the line, Calderwood. Roxy, you know, across the board, whoever's left there, Lauren Murphy. I'm not saying these are going to be fun fights. I'm not saying these fights are going to sell. But if they're meant to showcase how great Valentina is and you start to play up a narrative that's almost Hen and Burrell-like. Remember when Burrell wasn't moving any product? And suddenly Dana's like, well, this guy's the best in the world. Don't you guys see this? If you get her in that sort of mode, it could buy some time. But what we need, Luke, is a legitimate 125-pound contender. We will not have that, I don't believe, until Macy Barber gets more years and fights and figures out. She's the only one, I think, with a plus potential right now of who is in the division. But here's what Valentina said after the fight that's so interesting. She talked about, yeah, I'd love to fight Amanda. I'd do it tomorrow, right? I'd move back up to 35. But she said, my walking around weight is 135. So she said cutting to flyweight at 125 is not even a cut. She basically said it was easy. Could she make... Straw weight, and we just never talked about it, and she hasn't talked about it. Like Frankie or, Edgar, who's at 155, you can right. make handsome Or if she, or could she meet a straw weight champion who had became a star? Thinking Wei Li Zhang here. If, if Zhang destroys Yuana and puts a you know a title, a couple more title defenses, could they meet in the middle at some type of weight? Are we not seeing the super fight potential of the? Weight class coming up, because Luke, you know this as a fact, because right now you can go on UFC.com slash rankings and look up women's featherweight. There is not a top 10. There has never been a top 10. UFC 
The, the, the company that started that division in 2016 still has not put up a top 10 rankings. And it's not just 145 where it's empty. 125 is empty, and I got news for you, 135 is empty as well. Let me, let me, let me, 115 is the only weight class with depth, personality, sellable characters. Maybe Valentina's future is, is colliding with them in some form. I'm not saying it would be easy for her to make 115. I think, no, no, I, I, it's a fair point to consider. I just think we're overthinking it a little bit. Look. Eventually, this charm where she's beating up on overmatched people is going to wear thin. But there is a little magic to what Scott Coker does, which is he had the right idea, a very Japanese style of matchmaking. People are like, oh, Fedor had a bunch of cans in between tough fights. Yeah, why do you think he had such a long career as a consequence? Because he had a bunch of cans in between actual tough fights. So eventually, three, four fights down the line, people are going to like, okay, we've seen the lion eat the deer enough at, the, at this point. However, right now, look at who she has to go up against. There's Jessica, I can't let you kick, and she already beat him. Joanne Calderwood, Jennifer Maya, Roxanne Modafferi, Vivian Arujao. She annihilates these people, and I don't think it's particularly close. So let it happen. Let the inevitable uh, beating take place, and then let's reassess maybe a 115 drop is there, maybe a 135 fight, a rematch against, or I should say a trilogy fight against Nunez. Maybe then it makes a little bit more sense because right now, if she goes out there and keeps turning in performances like she did on Saturday, you can't do it forever. But for a few more times, yeah. it's going to build. So what you're star. saying is, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic, don't serve up to Amanda yet. Let's, let's yet. let that. Play you don't out. have to let it play out because, dude, it's going to make her look very, very good. The UFC could use another star. Uh, tough question time. Who has improved more since the second time they fought, Valentina or Amanda? Or is it, or is that, or could you not answer that question because Valentina moving to 25 has changed how. And also, Amanda got a lot better too. You know, uh, it's hard to answer. All right, before we get out of here, there was a fight on Showtime over the weekend. Gary Russell retained his featherweight strap at 126 pounds by defeating the fighter with the best nickname in all of combat sports, King Tug. He had it, interestingly, the scores were wider than I had it. Um, I had a 115-113, I think, yeah, is how I had King it. Yeah, King closed the gap in those championship rounds. rounds. But, like, early on, here's how it looked to me, Brian. Um, he was too quick. His feet were too fast. His hands were too fast. His ring IQ was too good. King Tug kind of made it interesting, as you mentioned later, by when, when, when Russell visibly slowed, then the fight got a little bit more interesting, but the early lead was too much. Now, here's what he's calling for. I want to fight against Leo Santa Cruz at 130. That'd be up a weight class. Or even I want Gervonta Davis, who's got his own issues right now. We'll see how that happens. I'd even go two weight classes up at 135. Here's my question to you, Brian. I'm happy to see him look good against a very tough challenger. Uh, I'm happy to see him call somebody out. Do you, do you buy that they're going to make any of these fights? I just, there, it seemed to me like it fell I on hope. deaf ears a little bit. So I, I listened to all the interviews that Gary gave after the fight, right, before the press conference with all the reporters backstage. And, I mean, he, you remember that in that scene in Major League Two when the, uh, the Asian outfielder's doing the uh, no mobbles? This guy's all mobbles all the time. And to hear him say, look, I've only been fighting once a year because no one's wanted to fight me. I don't know if I fully believe that. But at the same time, Luke, I am so happy that he wants to dare to be great now. He's right at the mountaintop of his physical and mental prime. And he wants to fight multiple times per year and call people out. There's a good and bad in that. The great is we want to see him dare to be great because he's so insanely skilled. He has pound for pound top 10 potential. You saw what he did with his hand speed. He likes to get in there and fight. 
I wonder, though, if that's going to be a problem with him, Luke. Can you imagine him getting a lightweight title bout against Gervonta? And by the way, he called... Who's a heavy, heavy puncher. And he called Gervonta everything from a, a, you know, basically a pussy to to saying, like, get some some balls and get your team together. Uh, You're saying, I can't sell. Why don't we find out? Why don't we do this fight in D.C. and find out? Yeah, D.C.'s his Is Gary Russell's penchant for mixing it up, Luke, and we saw this again in the Jojo Diaz fight that he was well ahead on. He almost let Diaz back in. Did it against King Tug as well, maybe due to fatigue. But he is so damn confident in himself that I fear at 135 that could become a problem. Now, at the same time, look. Remember Shane Mosley was arguably the greatest lightweight we'd ever seen? Moves up two weight classes to welterweight, beats Oscar De La Hoya. It was just in him. It's greatness. Maybe the size difference in the chin and all that is not going to matter because Gary Russell is that mentally tough. But could you imagine his speed at lightweight? He is going to dance around some of these guys. Yeah, but uh, he can't put some of these guys away at 126. You think he's going to start mopping the floor? Well, he's with not going to be a knockout puncher. He's going to be a slick boxer. And okay, it, but if he's getting tired at 126 and these other guys making it close and leaning on him, for example, well, I, I think that's going to make it really difficult. Part, 130, I'll buy as a reasonable jump, uh, especially against Leo Santa Cruz, who I think could be a little bit one note with his movement. But against Gervonta, it's like, dude, I, mean, I don't I, like that fight at all. But here's the deal. I think he was trying to be a little showcase here against King, King Tug. I think he was thinking, man, in the late rounds, I'm tiring a little, but I'm just going to dig in there. I'm going to stop him. Well, it didn't happen because Niambian was a tough bastard from Mongolia, and he came after him. But um, I don't know if it's going to work. It's going to be one of those things where the experiment, we have to see what happens. Him against a very elite lightweight. But you got to love, after all these years of teasing us, Luke, with the ability and the talent, putting his balls on the line now and saying, let's find out how great I can be. I hope he's picking up the phone to Uncle Al. I hope Uncle Al's like, hold on, let me hit the button on total phone. I got Gervonta on line two. Let's make this fight happen. Do I want to see Gervonta against Leo? Yes, for a lot of different reasons. I want to see Gary Russell against Gervonta more, by the way. Mm. Do I want to see Leo against Gervonta? Yeah, sure, great fight. Let's do it on pay-per-view. I want to see Gary Russell against Leo a lot more than that. Gary Russell's been this intriguing sort of facade in the desert, and now he wants to be real. Let's, let's find out. You mean mirage in the desert? Mirage, facade. Uh, facade. Who's putting facades up in the I desert? I mean, look, my, my factory. I mean, I've never made it as a wise man, right? <laughs> I really couldn't cut it as a poor man's stealing either. All right, Nickel, nickel fail over here. Uh, with We're that, like Nickel Whack, all right? Nickel Whack, yes. Uh, with that in mind, those are our top five points. Let's get to where you get to ask us questions. This is DMs from Donks. There's the uh, imagery. There we have it. I don't have 4K DMs, I can tell you that. By the way, people were asking me, does it go down to your DMs? And I was like, let me explain something to you. I looked because I have metrics on my YouTube audience. My YouTube audience is 96.1 male. 96.1. It does not go down in my DMs. Let me just make that perfectly clear. And what's right. the other 4%? Colombian women? No. You know, just sundry other genders uh, floating around. Uh, okay. Let's go to the first one. I'm not sure which one's first on my list. I need to see it. There we go. From Suspect Monkey. It's all about the champ champs these days, but which two neighboring weight classes, Brian Campbell, do you think would be the hardest to earn and hold titles in simultaneously? That's a great question. It really comes down to, in, in MMA we're talking, right? That's yeah. what we're talking here. What two weight classes are the biggest gap? I think you could almost argue, although Ryan Bader's doing it on a smaller level in Bellator, that light heavyweight and heavyweight, in some cases, is a monstrous Brian gap Campbell. between the two. Brian Campbell, is, you know better than in this. In some cases, is a monstrous gap because you know better than this. there are so many light heavyweights who... The it, answer is lightweight and welterweight. That is by far the hardest. By far. You have a 15-pound jump, and you have the two... Bantamweight is up there, but bantamweight and featherweight are only 10 pounds apart. Uh, and then again, featherweight and, and lightweight. At lightweight to welterweight, you have a big jump in physicality. It's only one weight class up, 
and those are the two most historically and even presently, I would argue, talent-rich divisions in the sport. It is, it is, it is lightweight and it is welterweight, for sure. Not every lightweight, light heavyweight is cut out to go up there against the big boys. That's right? true. But if we're you don't about have champ a champs. speed advantage, you're going to have a problem. I'll say this, like, you know, the fact that you've seen somebody be champ champ at lightweight, light heavyweight and heavyweight is interesting. You've seen a champ champ at feather and light, right? You've seen those? We haven't seen a champ champ. I've have seen we? a BJ Penn hold titles in both. Not the same time. Not the same time. Not the same time. And it's in kind of different eras to a degree as well. I don't know. A little bit, a little bit. I mean, he beat Matt Hughes off a title shot he didn't deserve, which was fine. He, he smoked him. But uh, it's a little bit different than doing it in the modern age. I also saw him lose that heavyweight in a parking lot a couple times on TMZ. At the Lava Shack. Oh, God. All right, uh, next one. This is from Lurking Fool 69 That's a great name, right? It's always like, dude, it's like, these guys have names like Booty Eater 69 <laughs> At arrest me, like, please, yes. It's like, do your parents know about your fucking names, man? <laughs> Someone told me that Israel Adesanya got that Bart Simpson energy. Somebody's stupid. What does that mean, and why is it so funny to me? Am I a low-level primate? I don't even know what that means. What is that Bart Simpson energy? Uh, I would guess uh, cartoonish in some ways. By the way, if you know anyone who uses these, this language convention, got that blank-blank energy, unless they're cool... Like, uh, ver- verifiably cool. Like, you know, Adesanya is verifiably cool because he's a champion and he can, you know, he can dance and all that shit and he's in good shape. But if you just look at, if you're like your coworker, like if you work at, you know, TurboTax and the dude in the cu- cubicle next to you is like, dude, that guy got that Bart Simpson energy. I'd be like, get the fuck out, Jeffrey. What are you doing? Who are you? <laughs> all right. I don't know what that um, means. I don't know what it means either. I don't think that makes me old. I think it just makes me a, a little bit more normal, Luke. Yeah, I would agree. The, yeah. That Bart, any, any of you zeros know? You're like 10 years old. How does that mean? <laughs> we, we, How old are you? 11. 11, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty close. Uh, all right, next one. Uh, at I think it's broken 22. Who were the first 21? I think it's broken. Uh, do you think <laughs> Rogan will ever be in the UFC Hall of Fame? That seems like an easy, yeah, easy call. Yeah, I mean, of look, yes. the UFC, with 11 and 7 Matt Sarah in the UFC Hall of Fame, they're, they're, it seems to be very uh, WWE Hall of Fame-ish, where there's I mean, no rules. Just put in whoever you want. Put in the good company men. They well, put dude, Rogan, Rogan outdates... Dana White and the yes. Fertitas. Bruce Buffer's going to find his way in there, too. You the know? real question seems to be... I don't think Rogan had a great broadcast on Saturday night. So the real question to me what was, is... Okay, so what was your issue with him? Because I mostly don't listen to the broadcast. Uh, Dominic Cruz I listen to early in the night. But then as it goes on, I'm so focused, I don't even hear it anymore. So what was the Well, abortion? I think Dom is the best in the game, yet I thought Dom and Joe were overplaying what John was doing before he was actually doing it. Fourth and fifth rounds, John was doing it. Second and third, I don't think he was necessarily doing They were getting so excited that he just sort of woke up out of a dream and was trying to be offensive. I think Joe just uh, harped a little bit too much on things, whether it be that judge who may or may not have been looking down at his phone, then they find out it might not have even been a judge. It may have been a commission I mean, that's member. tended to be a criticism, right? That he'll find one thing and then just like like a dog on a bone just kind of They tried to it. get him off talking about the judging. He's like, no, I'm not done talking about that. And I mean, it's just whatever. Whatever it is, what it is, but yeah, he's the, he's the greatest. He'll be he's the greatest. Uh, he's my favorite broadcaster they've ever had. He's the most important MMA ambassador, I think, at least historically speaking, if not certainly now. But even now, it's probably true. And uh, you know, his his bona fides as a real fan of MMA, you know, I mean, but when it was called NHB, he was all in, right? GHB so. too, yeah. Uh, what do you think is the um, the all star all time three man MMA announced crew? I'm going to give you mine first. Are you ready? Yes. Joe Rogan on color, Randy Couture on fighter analyst, Ooh. and Mauro Ronaldo running the point. And that's not a Showtime uh, guy saying that. That's a Mauro guy saying. So Mauro Ronaldo is the best combat sports broadcaster ever. I firmly, well, 
of our generation, because you know you got the Howard Cassells who did boxing and stuff yeah. like that, but certainly of our generation, no one has. He's done pro wrestling, which is not a combat sport, but certainly part of the family. I acknowledge. He did high level kickboxing with Glory. He did Pride. He did Strike Force, and he's done boxing as well. There is no commentator that even comes close to Mauro Ranallo in terms of play by play. So he's got to be on the call. Uh, you could put Joe on there as well. But you would switch up the fighter analyst. Who's your? Who do you think in your for your money is your favorite fighter analyst? Dominic Cruz. He's great. He's great. People would say the better one to have for that group might be because uh, Dom versus Dom and Morrow have very different energies. Yes. So you might get a DC in DC, there because DC, DC is and very Morrow good would too. Be, would be very good. Yes. Um, so that somewhere something like that. But you know who's also good? Al Bernstein, our Showtime colleague. He and Quadros used to do the remember Elite XC yes. would have the their their version of Showbox, whatever that was. Uh, he was good. He was By really the way, good. My, my, my brother in arms, John Anik, pretty damn good too. He's amazing. John's on the way. It's just that Morrow's been around forever and he's done every gig. It's not to say that John's not great, but Morrow is your goat. Like for me, he's your goat. Uh, okay. From I Am Taskmaster, will we ever get morning combat merch? Y'all must hate money if you don't make yeah, us uh, a tip to tip shirt. I know we got a bunch of Andy Kings in here who are about us, who will do anything for us, but what's the first question I say every time I walk through the door? Where's the merch? Where's the merch guy? We got a merch guy? What's going on? We got the merch? You know who's got merch? Who? All the smoke. Well, they may deserve the merch. Yeah. They they've also got million, yes. uh, you know, downloads and shit, but yes, they've got, they've got merch. Ash, we got any merch? What's going on over there? Dude, she's too busy bumping that new Eminem, bro. He's rapping about all the cool things um, like Sesame Street and shit. Oh if my we God. could choose our own merch, I mean, we, we could sell the crap out of these right here, I think. Dude, the tip-to-tip tip condoms. Even, even I'm, an, I'm annoyed by all the tip-to-tip tip comments, but even I recognize what a moneymaker that's going to be. You get one of those shirts where you just take the outline of that? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Maybe FJ? Oh, and a fuck Jay. Jay. By the way, Jay is so desperate to be on camera, it's not even... Every time he comes out, he's like, is this the week we get to be on camera? And we're like, no, Jay, we're not trying to make our audience queasy. You understand that? Get back in the dungeon. Wiz Wizard of Oz. Jay, Jay, fighting. Fighting in my ear. And by the way, when you talk in my ear, it's like the buzzing of flies to me. I hope you understand that. Um, I could do a hoodie. Can we get a freaking hoodie, please? Yeah, the answer is I don't know. We beg Showtime, <laughs> and their answers are like... Come on, guys. You're They're trying to get us out of the bomb shelter one of these days. We'll see what yeah. happens. It's yeah. like, come on, guys. You're morning combat. Nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then lastly, it's uh, R underscore D underscore Raul. Parasite won Best Picture and Joaquin won Best Actor. Uh, both deserving thoughts on that, Brian Campbell. I am very happy, Luke, that you challenged me to be a, a deeper soul. You and I had some beers in the in the uh, hotel bar, and right. you were just disgusted at what you disgusted. thought was my intelligence level. Now we you, all you we all know me. I come from a factory town. You were basically uh. like your whole life doesn't need to revolve around pro wrestling and fights. There, you know, you were you were trying to get me to name drop books I've recently read. You were just basically trying to figure out how big of a shit you can take on my <laughs> educational background in there. And I fought you off well, but you were like, yeah, MF or go watch Parasites. I told you that's my new thing to combat road depression is going to the movie theater. Okay? Because you know, is that right? I didn't in know Vegas, that. there's there's just too many sins that can that's entrap true. me, that's right? True. You know what I mean? That's so, true. so uh, you know, I I saw Uncut Gems uh, in Vegas. That's on the list. Wait. I promise you, I'd see that. It's on the list. Oh my god, it was so good. I, I, know, I know, I'm dying I know, to see I was, it. I know I was high as balls, but it was so good. Okay. But uh, then I saw Parasite in Jersey City, and uh, do you agree that it should have won Best Picture? Yes, it was freaking amazing. I mean, I was texting you right after. It took me a couple hours to sort of really frame the full message they were trying to say. There's so many and, layers. And to that it. dark turn within that movie was was was. Out of nowhere and frightening. It did was, you see Joker? I did not. You've not seen Joker. No. 
I didn't. I saw Joker. Um, I, I watched it on like a, I paid for it like on a Fandango now at home a couple weekends, maybe a month ago or something like that. Just recently, you know. And I had heard all the controversy, and I was like, okay, well, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a show. Let's see what happens here. And basically, my view was that Joaquin is amazing, and the movie's mediocre-ish, but not particularly. Dist- I didn't find it disturbing. I, d- I didn't understand what all the hoopla was about. Um, Did you think uh, the uh, Brad Pitt in uh, Hollywood movie with uh, with Leo was as worthy as the nomina- as the hefty level of nominations it got? No, I didn't as well. No. I watched that on a plane. Yeah, I, I, my belief is that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of one of Tarantino's worst movies. Yes. I mean, Brad Pitt uh, I, I was amazing. That, by the way, I said that on Twitter, and everyone's like, no, there's other ones that are way worse. You have a way of stirring the pot and getting people wanting to kill dude, you it's, on Dude, I can tweet 2 plus 2 is 4, and I'll, have, I'll get ratioed for it. You understand? Like, it's just the way my life works. But, okay, even if it's not the worst, it's not one of his better ones for me. Um, I didn't see 1917 yet. I got to do that. It's still playing. So my best friend, who was also served in the military, he was in the Army, who we are, like, in the lockstep on military movies, he, he walked out of it. He walked out of it. PTSD he goes, or what? What he said was, what, Sean what, he, what, he said was what he said was it's shot really well, like it looks beautiful, and as a story, it's completely empty. Um, and this is a guy who served two tours in Iraq. He had Army Ranger. Um, he was the, he was a tough right. bastard, man. Uh, he, Ford Ferrari. Should I see that? I saw that. Dude, you Ford about versus it. Ferrari. I'm not a car guy. I'm not one of these guys who's like, oh, look at these engines, they're loud. Yeah, you were a mathlete in high school. People need to remember this. Yeah, I was a dork, but dude. That movie is great. Really? That right, movie, right, dude, right. Bra- da- Matt Damon is so much better than you think. Uh, Christian Bale kills it. And all the little sort of minor actors in it, they do a great job. That is a well-shot, well-written, well-executed piece of film. I was, I was so shocked at how good that was. I've not seen Jojo Rabbit, which apparently was pretty good. I came from a divorced home, so I know it's probably shocking to some of you because I'm so normal. Uh, so I can't see Marriage Story. I just can't, I can't do it, dude. I I'm can't. Not gonna, I'm not going to quan on you for that. You know Luke, what I'm saying? Right? I, just, I, I, um, I just can't For do me, it. Matt Damon is the defining actor of, of my movie-watching era, my adult movie-watching era. So I'm going to go see How many times have you seen Jason Bourne, motherfucker? I, don't, I'm, I didn't really go down the road with that franchise, but every, every other turn, I was, I was there with him, all right? Uh, what, Fabulous Mr. Ripley or whatever the hell he's called? All right, that's the end of the conversation. You I'm just saying, what other movies was he in that were good? Good Will um, Hunting, okay, fine, yeah, whatever. Rounders. I do like rounders. Okay. Pay that man his money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's All night good. long. Check, check, check. Yeah. <laughs> Alligator blood. Yes, yes. All, All right, right, I'm with you. That's actually a great movie. All right, thank you. Uh, okay, oh, and that's it, I think. Maybe, maybe a little say? movie called The uh, Departed. I don't know if you saw it. One of the best I did. movies of all I thought time. All right. Departed is... No, hear me out, hear me out. Fantastic. Departed don't, is don't... good. Departed is good. Oh, I'm here not... we go. Don't, what are you going to qualify it with? What's your qualifier Jack Nicholson here? is good. Leonardo DiCaprio is good. They're all great. Let me finish. Wahlberg? Matt Damon is great. Uh, the movie itself is good. I wouldn't call the movie itself great. The oh, perform- Jay is saying that's like that. You just named like five of the best actors of our lifetime who yes. all put forth it's incredible like performances. He's right. He's right. But on, you're on, like, on, you know what? On. It's like the Irishman. Dude, Robert De Niro was incredible. Joe Pesci was incredible. Al Pacino was incredible. The movie was good, but the movie did not so hold up to the individual like it's performances. Steak served on a paper plate. I don't think I don't think that works. That's a little strong. Yeah. Um, the movie's great. Okay. It's good. It's. I'm not saying bad things about it. 
I just don't go, oh my God, <laughs> I'm watching The Departed. My favorite go scenes back, are the ones I beat go, off through. Call all your nerd high school friends and watch the post, the Il Postino and The Pianist and all your other weird... Uh, I don't like those movies. Yeah. I don't like those movies. Yeah, all right. Uh, but I'm glad you got to enjoy Parasite. And by the way, show of hands, who's seen Parasite here? Oh, okay, we got some book readers. Good. Very good. Yeah, you have right. to read that. Funny enough, not. I mean, it's, it would make sense. I told my dad, who I, got, I talked to him on the phone, I'm like, Dad, I saw this great movie, Parasite. It's got Korean subtitles. He goes, Korean subtitles? Hell no. And I was like, oh, that was my exact reaction to you when you told me to watch Turning it. into your dad? Yeah. Thank you. All right. The floor is yours, sir. Oh, hey, hey, it's time for dong. I mean, it's time for... Um, it's time for dong. It's time for... Listen the, to that Freudian slip. The number, Listen to that. The number one segment in all of combat sports. We search the high, low, the good, bad, and the ugly. We comb the desert, and we have found shit. It's time for Have You Seen This Shit? <laughs> Luke, we will begin... At the aforementioned UFC 248 press conference in Vegas on Friday afternoon, this was the viral moment. I know you have seen this shit. Luke, I popped out of the building watching this online. Is Romero not incredible? I mean, the face, the expression on Dana White, who... He wanted to dance. Who is becoming, you know, he talked about in the post-press conference, he can only hear out of one ear and the other ear is bad. And and, I mean, I think he, he, look at his reaction here. He thought the whole time they were going to fight each other, but... uh, this was like the cherry on top of my 248 fight boner. What did uh, Jake Hager say that say that time? He said, I got a phoner. Remember that? Mm-hmm. In Bellator, you know what I'm saying? Understand. He clarified to me it means fight boner. He's so excited about this fight that he's erect, Luke. Do you understand? Well, first of all, it's just weird, number one. Number two, uh, you have the Jays that, uh, well, or excuse me, that uh, Adesanya are wearing are slick, number one. But, okay, so he salsa'd. Then, under... He did a split in type jeans. Hold on, you, you missed the first part. Adesanya salsa then Romero crip-walked, a la Serena Williams. Okay, I knew you were going to actually break this down. There he's crip-walking, and then he does the backflip, and then he does the split. Yoel look, Romero is an amazing Do you have man. any uh, thing bad to say? Look, at Adesanya looked like he was about to... He was about to, to start dancing. And then start he was dancing. like, wait, wait, I can't compete. People keep saying that. I don't believe he can't compete at all. He can absolutely hold his own. He used to be a, prof- he used to be a, uh, be a dancer. Did you ever see him? Did you see when he went to Nigeria for vacation? He, he had a dance off in the streets. But this made me pop. Like, uh, did you answer the question? Did you? I not did see not it? see the dance. It's off on his in Instagram. Go watch that and tell All me right. if he can't handle it. This that. felt like Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo, great '80s movie. Did you ever see that? Please go to the next one. Okay, all right. Hey, we're going to move on here. This is a user submission. The guy with the blood on the back of his neck is John Hazelwood. The this is regional is MMA, this? and he's about to send this dude to hell, Luke. Oh. Luke, look at look at where this show has gone. We have fighters out there in the Midwest, probably, in the dark cage. How dark is that cage, by the way? How do you even see each other? Jesus. Sending people to hell with blood all over their body and sending us the footage. I think he's fighting look the boxers. Look at how wild these punches are, my Check God. this guy out at Hazelwood MMA on um, Instagram. Yeah, you know what? We should tell if you're a regional-level fighter and you get a nice KO or you've been KO'd, Send us the footage. They're probably already on the show. They've probably already been on there. But yeah. shout out to John Hazelwood. We'll support his career. I'm yeah, going to follow him, to him moving forward, all right? Why was he bleeding on the back of his because neck? Because anything can happen in regional MMA, Luke. That's a fair anything. point. Anything. Like, the cage point. could fall apart. Like, anything could happen. The, the circus so. tent could blow off during a Kansas uh, tornado or something. They might be something. throwing blood from the audience. Yeah, that's what I'm know. saying. Their feces or something. All right. Hey, let's move on. I, I know you saw this, Luke. 64-year-old Super Bowl oh, hero Here we go. Phil Sims on the set of Showtime's Inside the NFL. Yes. Look at that user who sent it in, at BDaily223. Some, Some zero. teenage donk Some in a basement. And, um, Some nobody. Phil Sims crushed 20 pull-ups. Yeah, not really. 
okay? And it was just awesome to see a man, this Jack still, 64, go at it. Because Luke, even in my prime, prime Campbell, yeah. I'm probably doing three. Right now, maybe one and a half, yeah. or maybe a half of one right yeah. now, because I'm fat, Lance Bell, fat guy in a little coat right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I got in trouble on Twitter for this one. Well, this is what I wanted to transition to. You got sent to hell, Luke, by everybody, because you got on there all tough, like, well, did not get there on pretty tough. good, but he couldn't crack it in the Marines, it's I'll tell you that much it's here. It's not exactly <laughs> what was written there. It's you know not, what I'm saying? Why is reading comprehension such short supply Luke, in America? I went down your mentions on that thread. Yeah. Those people came out with the pitchforks, with the baseball bats, and guess what? I think they were right, because you to- maybe your intentions were different, but you totally came out like... No. like no. And it wasn't like I'm smarter than you, by, like normal. Am, it was I, I'm stronger than you. Here is my major problem on social media. I do not have a worthy adversary. These are zeros who don't know how to read properly. Here is exactly what I said, and this is true. In fact, if you go back and read it, I've not deleted it. I've left it up. It is a commentary about the Marine Corps. Here is, I said it quite clearly. I even put it in all caps that this dude is strong as hell. Dude, for a 64-year-old man to be doing that is yeah, crazy. Were, Let me finish. You, you asked me. I will finish. I will finish. Good sir. Here is the problem. First of all, they're not pull-ups, they're chin-ups. The grip changes. Oh, Stop, dude. Do you, do you, swear to God, do you understand the difference between this and this? It changes all the muscle groups that work. This is a strong-ass grip relative to this. So number one, they're not pull-ups, they're chin-ups. That's the first part. Second part is, in the Marine Corps, you can call it what you want to call it. You can get mad about it, but it's a fact, and it's damaged my mind. I am, I am crazy. I understand. Are you saying Phil Sims couldn't God cut it? God damn it, dude. Court? What is so hard for you to understand? I need to finish the Are point. Are you saying Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Can I please finish the point? All right. Can I please finish the point? Go ahead, Luke. The you, point you have is, a producer credit. It's your show. The, 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 the point is in the Marine Corps, and this is true, any Marine watching this will be like, you know what? He's kind of right. The way it works is you have to take your grip, and then you have to go elbows out, and you have to stop all the way dead hang. Then you have to come up above the bar. If your knees come up, it's a zero. If you don't go back to a full dead hang, it's a zero. Watch his elbows. They stay bent the entire time, and he kips on the way up. You know how I count these pull-ups, Brian Campbell? Zero, zero, oh. zero, well, Ray Lewis zero. is loving it. Here is something you can't understand. But I love the viewers coming out and just sending you to hell. It was reminiscent of the last time, six years ago, that you, or I'm sorry, three years ago, that you got sent to hell. Jade, do we have that footage? Oh, you brought this back out. <laughs> that was a good day, huh? I'm sorry, Luke. Look, I don't like you. Yes, yes. Look, again, you can do whatever you want. You can show whatever I'm you Osama want. I'm Osama Bin Laden. I get yes, it. Yes, you're the Osama Bin Laden of the show. So the point of this question to John, you were basically like, John, are, the, are your 30s going to be better than the 20s when you did drugs and, and, right? No, that was not the question. All right. Well, You're the one saying negative thing, uh, horrible things about him, not me. I don't oh, go no, out of my he's, way. He's to, the greatest fighter of all time. I don't go out of my way to slander him. The point is, you can say I'm wrong. Ask any. Ask. Here, here's my challenge to you. Yes. And here's my challenge to every viewer. Find one Marine, one, who who says my characterization of Phil Simms's pull-ups are wrong. Find. Uh, this is look very at me, look reminiscent at me, of the. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. The, the decade hasn't started look yet. At me. Under the Mayan calendar, it, it's next it year. Didn't. It like, was a nominal versus ordinal difference. Look at me. I know facts are hard for people because you guys like to believe in fantasy. Find yes. me one. Find me one. One Marine. Where's your ISO can? There you go. One. Find me one Marine, Brian Campbell. Find I me found, one. I, I found this shit. Hey, let's move on. Uh, you like to criticize people at the gym who have bad tendencies. Look at this guy with the plumber's crack <laughs> on the bench right there. No 
wipe down afterwards. Shout out to AC wow. Slater for, and this for is, posting. Uh, and by the way, that you can tell where this is. This is Planet Fitness because all the machines are purple. Luke, no wipe down afterward. Oh, that is so gross. And why is he wearing a belt? Did you see Derek Lewis showing some pummel crack during the uh, Latifi see, fight? That was yeah, but that's understandable. I mean, uh, that's. Yeah. I mean, this. Guy, I mean, it touched. Look, Dude, my it, man it basically getting, and touched, and he's just he's just yanking the oh, weight back. You know. God. Hey, uh, why don't we stay on this trend of workout fails? Let's check out this. I do girl. love workout. Can fails. you rate this girl's uh, deadlift form here? That's not a deadlift. That's a snatch. Oh, you can call it a deadlift because she's not coming back from that. Look, that is. This is a snatch. That looks painful. Well, oh. So the weight got too far behind her. Watch. See how she humps it on her. She she bumps it on her hip crease like that, and then throws it too far behind her. I heard was snatch and hump. You All actually right. you actually have to catch the weight. She pops it and then doesn't catch. Boom. There you that, go. That I mean, that, she crushed some organs. That looks very painful, Luke. Yeah, that that looks not good. This Mark. is why I don't do stuff like this in public. I don't I don't want to end up, you know. Yeah, this is awesome. You're like, oh, could you do better than Phil Sims? No. That's why I don't put it on okay. fucking camera. Could you do better than the next guy? Rate this guy's form. I don't know what you call this. Is this a squat thrust? A, I don't know what this you call it. This is a high this. bar squat, first but of rate, all. Rate his form here. It's uh this is... <laughs> What is he doing? Oh wow. Wow. Um I think, wow. <laughs> is this you practicing no. for prom night? If Ricky Martin should write a song about this guy. He bangs. Look at this guy. Dude, what is he fucking doing? I don't I'm just going to ask you. You're the, the judge on all things what power. What is he lifting. doing? He, right. He's going backwards. Yeah. All right. Hey, it's time for spinny shit. You got it? You ready for this? Yeah, thing? yeah. Come Let's on. go into Look at the guy. Hold on, wait, wait. Go back, 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 go back. Can you go back, Jay? Oh, Jay, you suck. Go back. Watch. Look at the guy on the, uh, the, sled, the leg sled. In the back, watch. He's just looking at this dude like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Wait, so he's watch. preparing for something. Watch, watch, this watch, is watch, training watch. Look camp. Look at the guy in the leg sled. <laughs> this is training camp he's for like, something, right? what the fuck are you doing? Like, more like banging camp. Maybe he's an adult dancer. Maybe this is the... the... He's getting him calves and workout. All right, all right. Hey, let's go to uh, some European MMA, I believe, here. It's spinny shit time. Watch this flying knee, but more specifically, watch what happens afterwards. Oh, what? Do the cabbage patch, Luke. Look at that. I don't know. Did the you see that? Oh, the cab. I forgot about the cabbage <laughs> patch. That's a '90s dance, Luke. Yeah, shout out. Yeah. Look at that zero with the counter. Unbelievable. Wow. Bob up. Look at that. Look at that. Oh man. I'm gonna send them stumbling as if they had a what ton kind of, of dance beer. Was that? All right. Hey, let's move on here. Did you see the the picture on Instagram from Bellator welterweight champion Dude. Douglas Lima going nose to nose with UFC welterweight champ Kamaru Usman? In the caption, Doug Lima was basically like. Dana White, the ball is in your court. Whoa. Luke, the idea of super fights, champions in both divisions in UFC and Bellator, probably not going to happen. We've talked about this in the past. Right. Actually, definitely not going to happen, and only in our dreams. But if this fight took place tomorrow, what's that shit look like? I still like Kamaru's chances, but are you with me in thinking that is one of the most interesting fights you could make at 170 pounds? And just seeing them, sometimes you just gotta see them together. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure they both, are they Dude, bo Douglas Lima's big, Jesus. Why did I've this seen... photo come out? Are they managed by the same guy? Are they, are they both Ali fights? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think, uh, I think uh, Lima's a Brian Butler guy. Okay. But to, to see, yeah, I think Butler is the one who who put, who put the photo okay, out in yeah, the yeah. Uh, atmosphere. But uh, I popped for it. I popped just I, the same. I, I, I'm with you. Let's let's roll on here. Uh, speaking of European and Polish MMA, crazy things happen. Luckily, we have Grabaka. <laughs> I Hitman. saw this. I saw this. This guy kind of looks like me, right? Look at I don't know what he's doing, but I'm loving it. Luke. Again, this is you training for prom night. I'm Luke. Certain. This is the type of performances I can get down with, Luke. That's wow. By the way, I didn't. All I saw was the GIF. I didn't see. I didn't hear the audio. I didn't. I. You don't need to. Did, I, oh, did it sound we've, good? we've reached completion. We've reached. Wow, that is. Uh, yeah, that's. Um, 
This is late stage Eminem. This is sexy violin time. Wow. Um, this Don't is... get mad at me back there. I see you making faces. Wow. Uh, is that the rhythm method? All right, let's roll on from this, Luke. Um, a lot of people on, on the internet trying to do these, you know, challenges and stuff. You know the Mentos and I Coke challenge I saw this poor lady. Here? This poor what lady. What is this lady doing, Luke? She gets bukkake by the time. <laughs> oh, my God, Luke. We, here it comes. Drops in the Mentos. Watch this. I wonder not, how this works. I, not one. But Block them oh all, bitch. Take God. that. Take that. Luke, you've had dates end like that. <laughs> Luke, we have a saying on my podcast. Don't tease the bag or you'll get the mess. This, uh, oh. Wow. Wow, Luke. Uh, yeah. Remember, what was it in uh, grade school? Was it baking soda and vinegar? I don't know, Luke. Wow. Just, she just didn't know what she was I'm, in for. I'm playing a song on my violin right now for her tears. That's, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. Uh, we're going to close with this. No dongs this week. We're going to close oh, with I this, I am shocked. I am shocked. Um, Yesterday was National Pizza Day. Did you, celeb- did you celebrate it? I did not. All right, you're a big pizza fan. Let's do a medley of pizza fails. Look at this guy in the subway. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Good Lord. Oh, uh, this poor bastard. Yeah, that's, I don't know how that happens. That's, yeah, wow. Well, the rats are going to have a When he wakes up, that. he's going to be pissed. Uh, let's roll on from there. This drunk dude uh, ordered no pineapples, and he got them, and he was pissed. He's trying to send the slice to hell, but he accidentally steps in the, oh, my God. Oh, it's on. Luke, it's on. It's on. Can we move the camera there? He Let's slapped the guy with the slice. Yep, and he, oh, ground and pound, and I don't. I think he got finished. Wow, look at By this. By the way, guy. that looks like that's a big ass slice, right? And there. also, that looks like where is this? I don't know, but that that's, it looks like DC to be honest with you. That might, these might be your people. Or Brooklyn? I, I, no, maybe that's New York. I can't tell. Yeah, these are very hipsterish. This is, this is very Brooklyn right here. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Why, why would you slap the guy with the slice? I think he was just going to throw it, and that guy happened to walk in the way, and then he oh, got Oh, he just beat. got bodied by yeah. it, yeah. You think that's fake? I'm never sure on I don't this. know. Um, let's go to the all-time greatest pizza moment in sports. Do you remember the famous Fenway pizza throw from a couple no. years back? Look at this. This is one of the greatest moves by a fan ever. Foul pop. Everyone's focusing. And look at this guy on. Unle- see him. See him right there, highlighted. Yeah, with the Patriots. Of course, he's wearing Patriots. Oh, they just fire the of slice course, across. Of course, he's wearing Patriots. So not only gear. did that guy get douched with beer, he caught a slice right on the shoulder. Look, that's a- so. What he was bitter that he interfered with the play? Is that the I idea? Don't, I, I think he was just looking to, to clown a guy. I'm down with that. All right. Look, anything can happen at a sporting event. You get drunk. NFL fans are going to fight. Take that. Throw pizza. Yeah. They ended up throwing him out and arresting him. But The, the uh, guy who threw the pizza? Uh, I don't know if you remember, Luke. 2016, the Andre Berto-Victor Ortiz rematch. Berto wins by knockout with an uppercut, and while Victor Ortiz is walking out, oh, my God! <laughs> Look at Coach Haas with the, with the mohawk. He's, he's about to throw down with the guy. Um, Follow-up to the story. I talked to Coach Haas, Joseph Janik there, yeah. um, last year about this incident. He said... They could have pressed charges, but once Victor Ortiz found out that the guy who threw it right there was going to be put back in jail and separated from his kids, Victor des- decided not to press charges right there. That was a nice guy. Yeah, well, he got served up with a... Uh, I, don't, wow. I said no anchovies. Yeah. No dongs this week. Look, that was fun. That was probably one of the best... Uh, I, said, well, I don't know if like a dick shake pizza or something. That was I mean, a like, good one. You know, I don't... I, I don't... Mean, I don't Oh. oh, Jay, Jay, yeah, oh, sorry, Luke, sorry. Um, wow. You, I've never yeah. seen a straight man who loves hog it's more just, than it's you. It's just a dick in a box, you know what I mean? I mean, step I've three, never, right? I said this on my live chat, this is true. If there was a robbery at a bank, your answer, like the police would be like, All right, can you identify the suspect? Brian Campbell would be like, well, I've got good news and I've got bad news. I didn't see his face, but last week... I saw him in the sauna at the gym. I can tell you about every inch of his dong. You see the size of every the color, right every there, dislocation, every wrinkle of skin. Yeah, wow. He's circumcised. I know that for a fact. Be on the lookout for a circumcised man. You know any parlors that man. service? You know any parlors? 
Probably you you need mas- help. Probably a few massage parlors. You need right? help. Yeah, you need all help. right, all right. Yeah, thank you. That's, have you seen that shit, Luke? Yeah. I, uh, now I have. Yes. Very yes. good. Yes. Some people uh, are calling that the, the greatest segment in our show's history. You know what? It is certain. Look. Oh, I got another job, people. No, no. There's a certain segment of our audience that I think they don't tune in for the first part. They kind of tune in around the questions. They just want to see you delight in other men's penises. That is really what I, they I, that's come for. That's an unfair generalization of, of the spirit that I bring to both this sport and this show. And really, the, Sorry, uh, the elderly getting eaten by I bears. Mean, you and, you uh, see this picture over my head, you think... Man, those guys are touching dicks. I think, look at the passion on their faces. That, that Look at the, like, the idea of we... Luke, They're also kissing. Look, we are grown men who talk about other men fighting with spare clothes on inside of a cage. Like, mm-hmm. think about what we do. And these guys are like, this is my life. This is my passion. I'm going to kill you. That's the spirit that we bring to the show and that they embody behind that broken frame. No, that picture is up there with, by the way, the caption on the picture I'm reading here says, tip to tip. They're up there because their dicks are touching. <laughs> their erect I, penises I, I, are rubbing I, I, one another. I do not represent that. Uh, okay. okay, time now for uh, odds and ends. What's your odds yes. and ends, Mr. Brian uh, This Campbell. weekend, UFC comes to New Mexico of all. What is it? UFC Rio Rancho? Correct. Um, we talked about what could be next for John. Uh, there's an important light heavyweight bout in that main event. Jan Blahowitz against Corey Anderson. Who do you like, and is there any possible chance that the winner gets John Jones? I don't think so. Between, or I should say, among Adesanya, a move to heavyweight, whether it's Stipe or not, plus Dom making it close. If Dom had gotten blown out, it might get a little dicey. But the fact that he's still very relevant as a figure. Do you think John cares about this title defense record? Do you think he wants to linger? Because he's so passive aggressive about this heavyweight move, John Jones. Every time he talks, it's in another direction. But um, I think Jan Blachowicz needs a exciting knockout because he looked, he was so boring against against Jacare. I'm sorry. he needs something big here. Corey Anderson obviously is on a heck of a run, but yeah, I don't think either of them are going to get him. No, I'm, I'm with but you. But what I care about is this co-main event. It's just one of these sloppy, weird circus fights that you just got to see. It's Diego Sanchez, the brawling legend, against Michelle Pedeta, backflips and all, gassed himself out and, and got knocked out last time. Tell me you're not looking at this card and going, yep, got to see what happens on that one. Got to see am, what weird you, shit. I'm a little bit worried about Diego Sanchez's brain health. Oh, I'm, I'm more you. than a little bit worried. I mean, yeah. the amount of like damage he's taken. He's the only one left in the Ultimate Fighter season one. Yes. And he's out there still doing it. And then like Pereira is like a, he's not like the best town I've ever seen, but he's got knockout explosive capabilities. Yes. So it's like, uh, I don't know. He might, uh, he'll try anything like a pelvic thrust knockout. He'll, he'll try. Get uh, that violin Actually, player. he should probably get, get, that, get that, that. He should probably get that squat workout going, right? That work on that thrust maybe. Uh, okay. Last but certainly not least, I'll give a shout out. To, how about James Krause? We've been talking about hogs. Let's talk about some balls, some big balls, Brian Campbell. James Krause takes a fight on what, 24, 36 hours notice, something like that. Up a, people kept missing this point, up a weight class. And dude, this is the one time, not one time, but sometimes guys change weight classes and you don't necessarily notice a ton of physical differences in MMA. I noticed all of them here. Trevin Giles could easily, not easily, but he was more ready to absorb the damage and he was handing out hard hammers to uh, James Krause. But dude, he stuck it out there. Found a way to take it all and, the way to distance. And he gassed, which is understandable in this situation, right. and then found that second win in round three, he's which is unbelievable. He's unbelievable. And, and the guy, he got the bonus, which he should have. Like, I'm really happy for him. You could have argued he won that fight. I, I thought he was going to win it as they head to the um, But, you know, in the end, it didn't go his way. But sh- shouts to James Krause for just being a man among men. Pretty amazing. Um, any last things about this you want to get to? Uh Caleb Plant, the super middleweight title holder in boxing, comes back this weekend and stay busy in Nashville, not far from where he was raised in Tennessee. Uh, PBC's got some big plans for that guy because he's a 
It's like white He's guy. He's a Fox guy, and, too, and, right? And yeah, and I mean, that division has a lot of players. When he eventually fights Jose Benavidez, I want to be their front row for that. that. I'm sorry, Jose, ben, his brother, David Benavidez Jr., his older brother. Uh, I, want, I want to be their front row for that. All right, very good. Well, okay, so that's the show today. Be on the lookout for a couple things. Number one, uh, Morning Combat Dissected. Number two, we're back next week. All oh, you should uh, preach about the subscription thing. Like, threaten them. What I'm going to do, yeah. Well, I'm not going to threaten you, but here's what we are going to say. Please like the video and subscribe. Tell people about it. Send this video to somebody who needs to see this program because Brian's got his views and I've got my views, but there's one view that we share. There's no program in combat sports like this. It doesn't exist. Showtime took a risk on this, which means we need folks like you out there, male or female, whatever you are, tell people about the program. And, of course, you can see below here uh, ways you can follow us on social media and then the channel itself. Yeah? Yeah. There you go. You want to do a pull-up challenge and have Phil Sims referee here? Fuck no. I'm so old and decrepit. Here's the thing. I didn't say I was better. I just said those don't count because We're entering. Don't. You and I were 40-something-year-old yeah. white guys. We're a little washy. I get the fat, fat lens base thing going on right here. We should have like a challenge. We're just get in the best shape of our lives and then, I don't know, fight or something or do pull-ups or something at the end uh, of it. How about you come to D.C. and lift weights with me? That'll be a, a spin-off morning if combat. You, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you about this. I'll make a promise. You come to D.C. and you do um, some deadlifting with me, we'll film it and we'll share it. All right. Well, can we work on that that move the guy was doing? The, which one? Not the chick that oh, got Oh, like the down, one where you're yeah, humping yeah. the air and then going backwards? Uh, we could try. I've never, I've never done it. I don't know what it's called. Not like standing near each other. I don't want to like tip the tip or anything. Well, that, the only way it works is if you spot me from the front and then we go back together at the same right, time. Right. I guess understand? that will cancel our show. All right, so that's Brian Campbell. I'm yes. Luke Thomas. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you next time. And until then, may all of your games be loyal.